Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hello everyone, good morning. Um, Great to be together again. Uh, As Sarah didn't say, we're kicking off our new series uh, this morning. Um, We've got to put a football reference in there with the World Cup on at the moment. Um, So we're kicking it off and it's going to be a three-week series, so just a a kind of mini one in the weeks that we're gathering interspersed with the picnics. Um, And we're spending a few weeks dwelling in a psalm Uh, which has been an immense source of comfort, uh, encouragement, and challenge for generations of believers uh, from wildly different cultures uh, and experiences. Uh, Psalm 23 is the psalm for all seasons. Uh, Its appeal is to everyone, no matter what uh, stage of life uh, they're at or what circumstances they're in. Um, And uh, I'm going to be sharing, not for very long actually this morning, um, just for a few minutes, just to kind of introduce the psalm a little bit for anyone who might not be familiar with it. Um, And then we're actually going to hear from a number of different people uh, from the Oasis community, and I'll lead us through that bit uh, when we get there. Um, But yes, uh, there's a little bit of me, but mercifully, I think for you guys, uh, there's also a chance to hear lots of other people sharing this morning as well. And Psalm 23 is a psalm with relationship at its heart. Um, The picture isn't, as in many of the Psalms, of God as uh, the mighty king, uh, the great deliverer, the strong fortress, the awesome creator. Uh, All of those are wonderful truths. Um, But this Psalm focuses on God as the shepherd, the one whose attention and protection is personal and close. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring that together um, by hearing from, not just today, but over the the next few weeks, a number of different people from the Oasis community about what it's looked like for them to know God as their shepherd in different stages and seasons of their life. And it's my hope that, as we do, we'll see more clearly the God revealed as a shepherd who is ultimately uh, most clearly seen in Jesus, uh, the good shepherd who passionately pursues the one lost sheep, the guide who leads us to find springs of living water that flow from within him, the representative who walks death's darkest valley in our place, the protector 
who faces down sin and evil and brokenness, the provider who sets the table before the one even who would betray him, the cornerstone of the Lord's house who invites us to dwell with him there now and forever. Jesus is the one who draws together all the threads of the great story of the Bible that we see echoed in Psalm 23, those verses we've just heard read over us. From God walking with Adam and Eve through the rivered Garden of Eden in the cool of the day to the depths of the Valley of the Cross where the curse of death is dealt with once and for all to the new creation that will one day be made where the God of all comfort will wipe away every tear where the river that flows will bring the fruit of restoration to the nations and where the banquet table will overflow to eternity. That's what it means for Jesus to be our good shepherd, the shepherd revealed through Psalm 23. And today we're going to look at three different aspects of that from the first uh, three verses, which are going to appear on the screen uh, again. And in a moment's time, we're going to welcome up Janet. I'm going to welcome Janet back again. Uh, he'll be sharing about her experience of knowing God's leading beside still waters in her work. And then Charlie is going to share about knowing God restoring her soul during burnout. And then Faith is going to share about knowing God's leading uh, in paths of righteousness uh, on pilgrimage. And as they share, uh, the encouragement for us is to come and encounter Jesus again through each of their stories, um, and to allow God to speak, as he's been doing already uh, so clearly this morning, about what he might have for us in the particular season and context that we're living through at the moment as well. So that's about it from me um, for this point anyway. So I'm going to welcome back uh, Janet. Um, why don't we give Janet a hand as she comes and shares what it's looked like for her. Good morning again. Ooh, I'll sit over here, sorry. It'd be better if you don't see me, I'm sure. Um, so good morning uh, again. Um, and it's uh, a real privilege to um, just be able to share with you some of my experiences of knowing God's refreshment, restoration and leading in my work. Um, what I will say up front is I haven't got this sorted. <laughs> um, I am definitely a work in progress. Um, it's a really um, very much a journey for me, but one that's an exciting one, actually. Um, so last year, I attended one of the Staying Centred courses. Good plug there. Um, encourage when the next one, I encourage you to, to join in. They are really, um, they're really good. And I found it particularly helpful and challenging in equal measure. So one area of challenge for me is exploring stillness and in this silence and solitude. Just taking time out to be. It feels a bit like a luxury, doesn't it? Uh, my background is healthcare and uh, for those who are in, well, in, in all sorts of work, but in healthcare, there is no time to stop. Um, and being still is something I don't find easy at all. I don't know about you, but I do tend to feel every day. In fact, a friend and I have got a, a catchphrase that says we feel every minute and we laugh about it. Actually, what I'm fast learning, it, it's not a badge of honour. Um, and God's really challenged me about, about that. 
So what does silence and solitude look like for me? Well, I work for myself. I left the health service um, about seven years ago now, just over. Um, and my work involves me spending time with people. I love people. I spend time with them on their own, on a one-to-one, -one, um, in teams. It's usually teams that aren't working too well. So it's, it's quite a difficult space to hold. Um, and um, I also get involved in leadership development and training. So my time is taken up, even sort of when I stepped into self-employment, I thought, oh great, I'll be able to handle it a bit better and kind of be in control of it a little bit more, but no, I feel every minute. And this is my normal, this has become my normal. So my journey around exploring silence and solitude started some time ago. Um, and I wanted to look at it from both a personal and a professional level, but inevitably they have merged into one. We're whole people, aren't we? And we don't separate different parts of our lives. Um, and some inspiration came for, from some friends of mine who own their own company and have done this for, for years. And they have what they call a board meeting with the boss. Um, in healthcare, I can remember taking papers to the board and being terrified at going to these board meetings and, and presenting stuff there. So actually, a board meeting with my boss um, actually felt like a really lovely thing to be able to do. And it's something I've tried to model with mixed success, I have to say, for years now. Um, and I guess the Stay in Centre course really helped me um, along the way for this. So what have I found? Well, I found it just gives me time to clear my head. Um, and that is just something I haven't been able to do or haven't allowed myself to do. Um, it gives me time to seek God's will and discerning the way forward. Um, over the last few months, a couple of things have happened in the course of my work that's been really difficult and really challenging. Um, and without that space, I'm not sure how I would have processed that, really. Um, giving God this space has enabled me to hear from him. Um, and kind of that kind of pointing that finger on areas of my life he wants me to focus on. Equally, I have found sitting still and calming my thoughts and having got some insights... I just found it really difficult to carry on sitting still. <laughs> I wanted to get out there and do it. Um, but just trying to learn to slow down and take in time. What have I learned? Well, I've learned that this needs to be worked at. Um, it's something I value. But for me, it doesn't come naturally. If I'm not busy, I just don't feel I'm being of any use. I've also learned I need to go away from home. There are too many distractions there. Even the ironing is more appealing than actually sitting still and being quiet. Um, over the years, I've kind of taken myself away on retreat, and there's various places around the country that are favorite places and you, to go away for a few days. But I wanted to do this a little bit nearer to home. Um, and many of us have experienced the joy of the greenhouse at, at Barnes Close. And for me, this provides a safe place where the presence of God is tangible, a thin place, we often call it. I've also learned I need people. 
actually. I've taken to sharing my board meetings with the boss with others. In this time, we come together to connect and we have time apart, extended times apart to be with God. And this connection time for me is proving so invaluable. Um, it gives me time to process and talk about what I think God is saying. And it gives the other person opportunity to ask me some questions. And I find that incredibly helpful. I've also learned I need to practice this and grow more comfortable with being uncomfortable in that place of, of doing this alone. So actually, a challenge for me is to continue to work on this and, and do it in my home. I have a chair set aside in the house and a chair in case it's nice outside. Um, but, you know, I rarely use either of those for what they're intended for. Um, which is my challenge and where I want to go next with this journey. So Psalm 23, verse 2, I love the passion paraphrase, and it says, He offers me a resting place in his luxurious love. He tra his tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. I just love the, the words, the poetic words. And I guess this will look different for each of us, however we spend our days whether we're working or struggling to make ends meet, um, whether we're a stay-at-home parent or carer, whether we're retired, whether we're living in recovery, seeking employment, or adapting to a new life in a new culture. So I guess whatever our circumstances, wherever we're placed, the encouragement for all of us is to find our way to his resting place. So please encourage me about using the grey chair in the in part of my house and to sit in it and to be still and let's encourage each other on this journey thank you thanks so much Janet that's fantastic wasn't it I love it board meeting with the boss brilliant uh, and as, as Janet's encouraged us it's going to look different for each of us to kind of carve some time out um, and some space for stillness. Uh, and it feels like a luxury, um, as Janet said, but it's so good to do. It's so important to do, uh, to make space for stillness uh, amidst the noise uh, of the world around us. Um, we're going to keep moving. Um, the goal this morning is it's kind of quite quick fire. Um, we're going to have a number of different people, a number of different things we're going to hear from. And then at the end, we'll have a little bit of space to kind of decompress uh, and talk it through with some people near us about what's particularly stood out to us. So I'm actually going to hand over to Charlie. Charlie's going to be sharing via video. So this is kind of pre-recorded. Um, so she's kind of all, all done already, actually, set up and ready to go. So um, hand over to the screens and let's hear from Charlie. Hi there. Um, for those who don't know me, my name's Charlie and I've been part of Oasis for um, almost 12 years. And yeah, I just want to say that I love you guys and really consider you home and family. So thank you. Um, today I'm just going to share a little bit about what it means for me to be led by green pastures and um, still waters and to have the Lord restore my soul. Um, I find it a little bit ironic because if you had met me when I first came to Oasis, then talking about resting in fields and being still by water just would not have been my bag. Um, 
I probably would have rolled my eyes a little bit and thought, come on, we've not got time to rest. There's too much to do. And I definitely felt like God's work was so important that we couldn't take time out. I was wrong. <laughs> and that has been a whole journey of discovering rest and what God actually requires of us. Fast forward a few years and I found myself really um, feeling Jesus' invitation at the end of Matthew, where he says, um, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I was really very weary. I was completely worn out and I'd say I was burnt out on religion. And I think Jesus' words to come to him and to get away with him have been what uh, the beginning of Psalm 23 has looked like for me. But first, I just want to say that um, if the Lord can restore my soul, he can restore yours too. Um, at the, that particular point in my life, I honestly thought that I was too burned up, that, um, that I was too weary, that things had gone too wrong, that my life had turned too much upside down, and that honestly there was nothing left of me. And I thought God needed at least some raw material to work with, and that actually I really just didn't have any to give him. And once again, God has shown me gloriously that I was wrong. And actually, the Bible speaks beautifully about turning and bringing out beauty from ashes. And we see time and again, God and, um, and Jesus, as he walked this earth, making plentiful out of very little. And I have to say that's been my experience, that God took what I thought was a just burned out shell and he has been tenderly, slowly, lovingly restoring that shell and bringing out beauty and um, his work in me. And I honestly just never thought that would have been possible. So if you feel today like your soul cannot possibly be restored because of where it's at, know that there's nothing that can disqualify you from that. There's nothing that is too tricky for the Lord to restore. It says here in Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. This isn't work for us to do. Um, this isn't more striving. This isn't more try hard. This isn't another to-do list. This is simply like calm. If you can remember all the way back to May and a bit of June where we had some lovely sunshine. Um, I just wonder if there were moments that you took, I know I certainly did, to just go and find a patch of grass and lie down on it. Um, maybe you were away with friends or you're out with your family or maybe just by yourself. And that sense of time being sort of suspended and just getting to lie there not having to worry about holding your body up, not thinking about what you need to do, but simply just being present, still, resting, letting the ground support you. 
just for the sake of existing in that moment. And that is what I think the beginning of this psalm means. Um, it means coming and finding our rest in Jesus. That requires absolutely nothing of us. That puts down our attempt to do or even to rest as well as we can. And just to find our, our place and our peace in God, in his grace, in his peace. Um, and to let him hold us like the way the ground holds us when we lie on it. I'm just going to share what has been helpful for me in living out these few verses and ways that God has restored my soul. But this is certainly not <laughs> the only way God restores souls or brings rest. Um, for me, I love being out in nature. Um, when I say that, I more mean sitting on a bench looking at nature. Um, but it really does just bring a sense of stillness, of peace, of that just assurance that God is bigger than I am and that I can trust and rest in him and just sort of like breathe it all in. Um, sometimes it's actually getting time to go and take a retreat, um, getting really still and quiet and away from normal day-to-day -day life and just taking time to either sit with God, to read a book about something particular, to pray, to appreciate nature, to have friends stand with me, whatever it feels like I need at that moment. Um, and then there have been other times where those things have just been far too much to do. And so actually it's been through the warm embrace of a friend, um, an encouraging text I've been sent, or even just sitting in a comfy chair where I've felt the embrace of God and him saying, come be with me. Charlie for sharing with such uh, honesty uh, and integrity. Um, I love that there at the end, like some days I can't get here, um, but I can get here um, and wherever I am, God is at work in me because he is the one who makes, he's the one who leads, who restores, who comforts, who protects, who provides. That's um, wonderful, isn't it? Uh, whatever we're living with and our experiences, uh, we might be, uh, have, have had a particularly acute experience of burnout like Charlie's had, um, or perhaps we might just be kind of living day to day, um, working, going on through the rhythms of life, but actually feeling a bit like we're at the end of our, Selves. We've not got that much more to give. Um, I think there's some stuff in there that's really helpful for each of us wherever um, we're at. We're going to keep going. We're going to hear from our last person. Um, and uh, we're going to do, well, the three different people sharing are going to share in three different ways. We've had uh, Janet sharing. We've had Charlie on video. Uh, and I'm actually going to interview Faith now. So why don't we welcome Faith uh, up. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Okay. Hello, Faith. Hello. Welcome to the spinny chairs. Thank you. Oh, oh. <laughs> they are, they're very spinny. Um, so we're going to think a little bit in this section about pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. um, and pilgrimage is something that you've kind of uh, learned a little bit about recently. Mm -hmm. um, so I wonder if you could kind of start off by sharing what is 
what is pilgrimage for any of us who kind of don't know or perhaps only associate it with maybe medieval monks on, on travels somewhere yeah. far away? Yeah, so there's actually a discipline called pilgrimage studies and sort of the official definition of it is travel for transformation. So pilgrimage is traditionally, it's um, a journey to uh, generally a holy site or destination. So in my case, I walked the community to Santiago, and the end point is uh, Santiago de Compostela, the, cathed the cathedral there where uh, St. James's bones are buried. And so there's a long history in the church of like over a thousand years of people walking there and um, for various reasons. Mm. But it's that practice of uh, going to a, a sacred place and being open to God on the journey. Mm. Great. Uh, so did you kind of wake up one day and think, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go on pilgrimage today and that's what so, I'm going to do? Or <laughs> was there uh, kind of a different story behind it? So actually the Oasis community here was um, pivotal to me going. Um, I had heard about the Camino de Santiago, this route in Spain, uh, when I was in seminary, and I thought, well, one day I'll do that. And that was before I knew I was going to come to England or anything. And so uh, after I got here, um, I'd been going through lockdown the first year of my program, and like I couldn't go anywhere. And I was just aware of like, oh, I can start doing things now. And that, that came back into my mind, and I was like, well, maybe I'll do that one day. So literally Saturday night, I was having dinner with friends, and I was talking about this Camino de Santiago, and they're like, well, we know somebody who did it. And I'm like, well, I'll do some research, and maybe in a few years I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So the next morning I came to church here, and Hannah shared um, about her experience. She was going to dinner with her parents who were meeting their American friend who they met on the Camino de Santiago. <laughs> and so she shared... Um, that what she learned from talking to him, it's like he lived in Denver or somewhere like that. I'll probably get corrected on that. But he, he was in this place where, like, he thought about wanting to do this Camino, and he thought he'd do it, but just God was like, he just had to do it. And so he, he came all the way and did it, and it was life-changing. And she said, you know, I realized if he could fly all the way from America to walk this pilgrimage, I could do this other thing. And then so I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, really? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I started doing research and that was in the spring and I ended up uh, walking it last July. So uh, really this community, you know, the people of God were pivotal for me taking that journey of trust and, and walking. Great. I love it when something like that happens. You know, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> God speaks in subtle ways and sometimes it's just, yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. miss that. <laughs> God is rarely subtle with me because I can be pretty thick. So. <laughs> Uh, so what have you learned through your experience so far, both kind of on that journey and uh, afterwards, I guess? Yeah, so um, what the previous folks were uh, sharing about, you know, that stillness and trusting God, because uh, on the Camino, um, there, there are pilgrim hostels as you walk, uh, and you can't book them in advance. And I had never traveled on my own before to a country where I didn't speak the language so, well, I, I, I thought I did because I took some Spanish in high school, but yeah, no, turns out <laughs> not so much. But, um, <laughs> but uh, there's, there's this freedom in just waking up every morning and um, like Janet was sharing, uh, just that, just letting go of filling time because literally all you're doing all day is walking mm. and you're just being present with God. And um, 
for me, that was really transformational. And you meet pilgrims along the way. I've, uh, there are a couple folks who I met who I still chat with uh, online. And there's something about just letting go of um, surety, even letting go of the certainty of where you're going to sleep that night. Mm-hmm. Carrying, I carried everything on my back in a backpack, um, a rucksack. And it just, there's a freedom in just being open to what God's going to do in that space and time. And um, for me, I had, um, what I hadn't been able to let go of is um, I had gotten a divorce in 2019, the end of 2019. And so there was sort of a period of shock after that. And then there was COVID and this whole thing about trying to come to a different continent. And I just never really had the space and time to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so just that, that journey of just being able to walk day by day and just being totally open to God all day, I was just able to be opened up to how God was, what God was speaking to me in, in healing that. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, that kind of, yeah, you go thinking maybe, oh, maybe God will do this thing in my life, and he does that other thing. I had, yeah, <laughs> I, I came in with no expectations, so yeah. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, and so... Perhaps it might not be open or available to everyone at their particular stage in life to yeah. do something like that. Um, or it might be. And they think, oh, I'd love to do it, but I don't know how to get started. Yeah. Um, so would you have any suggestions or tips for people on how they get started with kind of experiencing travel for transformation yeah. uh, in whatever kind of circumstance they're in at the moment? Yeah, so there's an organization called the British Pilgrimage Trust which lists uh, pilgrimage sites all over the UK. And uh, you don't have to go far. They're all about making pilgrimage accessible. So there's a one-day pilgrimage in Birmingham to uh, uh, the St. Philip's Cathedral, which I've done. And so it's like there are all kinds of ways to get involved. And if you go to the website, uh, if you Google British Pilgrimage Trust, you can find that. There's also, if you're interested in the Camino de Santiago and you, you're coming from England, there's a devoted uh, charity called the Confraternity of St. James. That's csj.org.uk. I double-checked it. And um, they have everything you need to know if you want to take that journey. They have a weekly Zoom meeting. They have offices in London where you can drop in. And, um, yeah, and you can talk to me. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, thank you, Faith. Great. So we've heard this morning a number of different encouragements for different ways uh, that we, in whatever stage of life, whatever season we're in, um, can enjoy experiencing kind of green pastures and still waters and right paths. Um, And we're going to wrap it up there for this morning. But as we do, I want to leave us with a final question, uh, which is going to appear on the screens. Uh, And it's this one. It says, what has most impacted you from the encouragements we've heard this morning? And what's most impacted you from the encouragements we've heard this morning? Maybe there's just one thing in particular that really stood out when someone said that, and they're like, wow, that's, that's going to stick with me today. Um, and so in a moment's time, some music's going to play, and the, the regular slides are going to roll afterwards. But I'd love us to just take a couple of minutes as that happens. Um, we're finishing a few minutes ahead of when we normally would to give space for this. Just turn to the person next to you. Uh, introduce yourself. If you've not met them before, say, hello, this is who I am. Um, and ask them the question, what's most impacted you from the encouragements we've heard this morning? 